Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to our Wednesday night study in the Bible out of the book of Hebrews, Engaging God's Word. We want to welcome everyone here that's present and also those who are tuning in by social media. And as usual, I would also like to welcome all Macedonians. The Pozeron Svite Makedonci, što se sključeni vo ovoj žid prevoz da slušat zborod od gospoda. Hvala mnogo. The uh, lesson number is lesson number 14. And it's under the title of Those Who Exercise Faith. First of all, I'd like to say that uh, when I was standing over here, I saw this altar filled with people. And if you ask me, what are you talking about, Bob? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I believe that the refreshing of the Lord. The refreshings of the Lord are coming. And the Bible tells me that they come from his presence. Amen. Amen. I am uh, trying all my Christian life to avoid negativity. I want to be on the positive side of things and speak things by faith and encourage everyone. That's exactly what we're going to do tonight, is to encourage everyone in their walk of faith. And so, the question is, what, what is faith? But people talk about faith in all sorts of ways. I, I, I might as well bring this while it's on my mind, that a lot of people have faith in faith. What that means is it is a documented, uh, uh, is a documented uh, happening that happened at a rock concert. There is no association, there is no spiritual, uh, anything spiritual happening at a rock concert. And yet, this person who was in a wheelchair jumped up and began to jump around just like that lame man that Peter and uh, John, when they went into the temple. So this person did not have faith in God. He had faith in faith or whatever he was doing he was surrounded with at that time. But as I said, people talk about uh, about faith in all sorts of ways in an effort to encourage a friend who's going through some tough, tough times you might say uh, you might hear someone say have faith or maybe you've heard people talking how they have faith that a political ca candidate or a scientific breakthrough is finally going to bring the change in our society given that 
that there are so many ways to talk about faith, we must make clear what true biblical faith is not by describing what faith is. We move closer to knowing what faith is. Sometimes we find out that we thought that faith is not faith at all. What we thought was faith is not faith at all. Let's look at some common misconception about biblical faith that needs to be refuted. Number one is the faith is not a religious feeling. Can we call someone a Christian simply on the basis of uh, what is going on in their gut? No, we can't do that. Certainly not. Any person who professes to be a Christian, he, his or hers Christianity must be based on the word of God and not in their own feelings or their wisdom or their intellect for that matter. Why? Proverbs 28, 26 says, Whosoever trusts in his own, uh, his or her own mind is a fool, but he or she who walks in wisdom shall be delivered. How shall we be delivered? By knowing the truth. Jesus plainly spoke. He says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. There comes a time in a Christian believer where they must declare by faith that even as our Apostle Paul did, I know in whom I have believed in and am persuaded that he, God, is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I committed my, the, my soul to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for safekeeping. Amen. The Apostle Peter, oftentimes being the spokesman for the disciples, declared when Jesus asked him, will you also go away? He was testing their faith after that the crowd that Jesus was speaking to could not swallow, so to speak, what he was saying about, you know, eating his flesh and drinking his blood. The Bible says that they all left and didn't follow him anymore. And so he turned to his disciples. He said, will you also go away? In other words, are you also offended by what I said? And as I said, Peter being the spokesman said, he gave a twofold answer. Lord, to whom shall we go? And then he gave the reason for why he asked that. He says, hey, you are the only one that has the words of life. And then furthermore, he says, and we believe and are sure. I tell you what, this is something that that, that so, sometimes in our life, it must take place in our heart that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt and declare, as I said earlier, that I know, I know in whom I believed in and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. 
And Peter said, we believe, speaking for the group of disciples, and are sure that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That sounds like Paul in 2 Timothy. Faith is not accepting, we're talking about what faith is not. It's not accept, accepting something without evidence. What the world cannot comprehend or grasp mentally or understand is the fact that we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Our hope is in the things, if not of this world. No, not of this world. But our hope is in God. But if we hold on to our faith, and he said, not only we are saved through faith and not works, but the Bible says you are saved through hope. We have a hope that one day we will be with the Lord Jesus Christ. What, what uh, our hope is in the things not of this world, but in Christ, we believe by faith that at, uh, that at one, at, at in the not too distant future, it will become reality. This is beautifully illustrated by the Apostle Paul uh, that we are saved by hope. But by what kind of hope? It's an unseen hope. Why? Because hope that is seen is no longer hope. Why would you, why would you hope for something if it was standing right in front of you? The, pro, the, 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 the father of the prodigal son, I, I don't know if he went out there every day, uh, Pastor, but he would go out there and look in the distance to maybe see hope and hope that he might see his coming back, uh, coming his, uh, his son coming back. But there came a day when he went out there and there he was. Well, he didn't need the hope anymore. Hope had materialized right before his very eyes. One of these days, the Lord Jesus Christ, Brother Ernie, will materialize before our very eyes in a cloud in the sky and take us to be with him. Amen. When that comes, faith will no longer be Faith is not the power of positive thinking. Faith is not name it and claim it. Faith must be based on the word of God. It must be backed up scripturally. Otherwise, you will find yourself asking amiss as the Apostle James explains in his uh, epistle by saying that you ask amiss that you... And, just to consume it on yourself. And maybe that's why you're not receiving it. God is sparing you. Nor Vincent Norman was known by saying, start your day every morning by saying three times out loud, 
I believe. In other words, you can do everything you set your mind to. I think that's, uh, that might go to a certain point. If, if everything that you're uh, attempting to do or saying to do is based on the word of God and for the glory of God. But he had nothing like this in his mind. He would just say, get up every morning and shout three times, I believe, without saying in what or whom. God's word paints, Norman Lear is a painter. God's word paints a different picture in the New Testament faith that we believe that what we believe is crucial. The object of faith is what gives faith itself any sort of significance. In other words, faith in God is what we are talking about. So if faith is not a strong, so faith is not a strong feeling, wishful thinking, or positive, or mental. Yes, sir. The, the, the feeling thing, oh, I got a good feeling about this. Well, though, so do millions of gamblers out there that, you know, play numbers on horses and whatnot and uh, cards and I, I don't even know all the gambling stuff that goes on. They are known very well for saying, I got a good feeling about this. So the faith that we exercise, this faith that we place our trust in is in God. It's biblical faith. It must be biblically based. I, for one, see the patriarchs of old, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the other listed in the 11th chapter of the, the book of Hebrews, no different than our forefathers here in the United States. I, I, uh, I wrote this, Pastor, I hope it's all right with you, uh, the the. Uh, the the forefathers of the United States of America who feared and reverenced God and by faith sought him out with prayers and supplications for divine guidance and divine providence. I was not born in this country, but I can boldly declare, declare to you that the kingdom of the United States of America was forged by none other than God Almighty Himself. All because, as I mentioned, these sought God. 
with prayer and supplications for divine guidance and divine providence. I like to study history. And uh, if you care to look back, you'll find out that these, uh, our forefathers that I'm talking about, uh, you name him, starting from our first president, George Washington. These were men, the, these men were God-fearing men. And prayer and guidance and supplications and they sought God for deliverance and establishing of this great, na great nation. Uh, Pastor, do you have something to say? All right. <laughs> Amen. All right, let's go to the first question. I think you took care of the first question. No, I, what you said triggered something. That was, it was part of the first question, but I didn't know about oh. the question. Well, I, I have. Uh, well, uh, let me just read this. Uh, if you, if you, I don't know if you guys have been watching the uh, Donnie Swaggart uh, Preachers, Patriarchs, and Providence. It's all about the history of the United States uh, during, the, uh, during the establishment of our nation. Go ahead. I have. Uh, if you, I did an extensive study on the questions, too. Okay. Hebrews uh, 11 to 1 to 3, the perspective of faith. According to the following verses, in what can we put our hope and by so doing assure our faith? This is based in Psalms. They that fear you will be glad to see me because I have hoped in your word. No, give, give all the answers if you okay. please. Uh, so for A, I put God's word which was uh, Psalms 119.74. Mm -hmm. For B, Psalms 147.11, I put his unfailing love. Amen. For C, Titus 1.1-2, I put eternal life. And for D, 1 John 3.2-3, I put Jesus Christ. Amen. Question number two. Anybody? Or can I go to question number two? Question number two, using the dictionary, define the following words. Assurance. Assurance is a positive declaration. A positive declaration to give confidence. A promise. He promised eternal life, and he cannot lie. Question number two is conviction. A formal declaration that someone is guilty of a criminal. This is from the uh, dictionary of a criminal offense and, and uh, guilt is found guilty by the verdict of a jury or the decision of a judge in a court of law. And the hardest time we have today is convincing people uh, who say, there's nothing wrong with me, man. What do I need to be saved from? Not realizing that they were born in sin, which is a transgression of the law and of God. Brother, please. Conviction also is a word that relates to a person's belief, their principles, their faith, and to being persuaded of vital truth and truth. That's what conviction is. That's what the picture was. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. I also thought it was kind of funny you know, on that that you know people were really up in arms about that and the way that I saw it is I'm sitting here thinking to myself why is it giving that imagery so much power? The more you talk about it, the more you clamor about it, the more you fear about it, you are empowering the devil. Why are you giving it power? Move on. It is. Question number two, did anybody write a description of what faith means to you? Feel free, Sister Elizabeth, you got the mic. Uh, for me, I wrote, faith to me is a warm, beautiful sense of trust in Jesus and God's word that is rooted in everything that you are. It's not part of you. It's not, oh, that's just my religion. It is all of you. It is the faith of you. And it should show Amen. That's a good one. Yeah. That was from the seminar, but believe in God, even when we cannot see 
Question number four. We're going to Hebrews now, 11, 8 to 12, the potential of faith. This was the perspective of faith. Now we're going to the potential of faith. What phrases in chapter 11, verse 4, suggest the difference between the sacrifices of Abel and those of Cain? seems to me that this would be very basic among us. It does. It, uh, it's a clear indication that, you know, Abel offered a sacrifice that was pleasing to God because there was the shedding of blood. He offered a lamb. There was no such thing in the sacrificial offering of Cain. You can't squeeze blood out of a turnip. <laughs> His was all in, you know, the field, you know, the fruits of the field. And it wasn't acceptable without remission. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, God told him so. God told him so. He says, you know, if you want to do right, it's real simple. Go talk to your brother. Instead, you killed him. Uh, I wrote for that answer. I wrote, Abel did all things through faith, while Cain didn't. Because if you watch their actions, because I don't even think it was so much when it came to Cain and Abel specifically. Yes, the blood was symbolic of Abel's, good Abel's sacrifice. But I think also a strong difference that people need to realize and recognize is in those verses is that when Cain did things, he gave what he what he felt was enough yeah. or appropriate. Abel gave whatever the Lord told him to or put on his heart to give. He gave an ample amount, where Cain gave just enough. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, I was thinking that in Romans that when you said that it's uh, what is that Genesis three mm -hmm. or Genesis four, and it talks about uh, right here it says. And again, people are able, and able is the keeper. And here it says in verse 3, In the course of time, Cain brought the Lord offering fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock. flock. Ta -da. It's not just about the fact that it's blood or not. Look at this. You see how they delineated that? He said, It's fruit of the ground. He brought any old thing. Mm -hmm. It didn't say he brought his fresh fruit, it didn't say he brought his first fruit. Mm -hmm. It said he brought fruit of the ground. Mm -hmm. But it, it took the time to delineate that it didn't just say Abel bought flock. He said the firstborn of his flock. By faith, he gave his best. Exactly. Why would you do that? People kept that firstborn because you, you can breed those and you can get better flocks and things like that. Fibers and blemish. So by doing that, what he's saying is I'm giving my, you my best instead of holding on to it for myself because I have faith that you're going to give me back more. Glory to and God. Amen.
We might, uh, the Bible says that God testifying of his gifts. I might could use the word bragging about his gifts. Mm-hmm. And uh, it says that, and by it, he being dead yet speaks. So the next question is, even though Abel died a long time ago, how does he still yet speak? We could go to the next question right away. <laughs> what else is there? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, yes, it's faith. What does this suggest? Uh, by the way, there's a lot of people that are uh, go- dead and gone, and yet they speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> social. I mean, the modern technology is uh, seen to that. Uh, Dr. McGee, Vernon McGee, has been dead for quite some time, but he speaks every morning to the radio on the program. You got a daily program. And Abel speaks to this day about the, how he pleased God by faith. Amen. Oh, glory to God. I better go to the next question. Um, by the way, talk faith is okay. You, you talk faith, talk faith. Mm-hmm. But experiment, exper- experienced faith, a faith that you experience is far, far better. I, I, I love, I can honestly say that I have had the Lord give, increase my faith or give me the faith. The Bible says we, the just shall live by his faith. And so what I'm trying to tell you is when the time came where I thought I was going to be crippled in my back, for six months I limped around like this. This is the best I could do. And nothing would help. A cane or even two crutches, nothing would do. So I limped. But one day I, was, I left the house and as I was in the car I said, God, you know how I've been active all my life. I said, I can't live like this. And I received faith from God. First, I received a rebuke from God and then faith because he said, 
Why are you moaning and groaning? Has the work not been done on the cross? And immediately, just like the Bible says many times in the book of Mark, immediately I received faith and I went back to work two or three days later as if though there was nothing wrong with me. No limping, no nothing. To the amazement of my boss who came when I announced to him that I'll be going to work, he came on the job making sure I was okay. And when I lifted that heavy door and put it where it belongs, he says, oh, he's all right. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> and he left. Hey, Amen. This is experiment, experience, uh, experiencing faith. You experience faith that God gives you. And it does wonders. Glory to God. No wonder the Bible says if you have the faith of a, uh, a mustard seed, you should say to this mountain to be removed. What does this suggest about a potential of a person's faith? If we as individuals will continue to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, we will eventually be able to declare as the apostle did concerning his faith. And I repeated it earlier. I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed against him. Go ahead. Amen. The sky is the limit. Your faith is only stopped by yourself. Where you stop your faith is where it ends. If you say mine goes past the clouds and all the way into the Milky Way. Glory to God. Amen. Where it goes. You only are the one who can limit yourself. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. It doesn't matter what trial you're under. It doesn't. Your faith and the potential it has is only limited by yourself. Amen. Brother Dave. Amen. That's what Jesus said. He goes on. Years ago, many years ago, probably almost 50 years ago, somebody sat in the living room and started this church. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. In somebody's living room or somebody's house, this church began. And it moved into a church that was down there. But ultimately, although they started the work over there, this is the work they were starting. So although they never got to see it, it was completed when they started. So some people died never having seen us sitting right here. Exactly. Because yeah. they believed that we may sit right here, they operated like they were operating. And it's there. Do you not realize that some people will be benefited from your faith long after you go? Abel been gone for 6,000, 5,000 plus years. We're still talking about it. So, isn't that something for us to
We started to sign Sister uh, Jackson and I by faith, didn't we? We we opened the font for it with some money that she donated. In the realizations, there it is. We have a beautiful sign now. Glory. Said, Pastor, if you believe it, I can do it. And we were standing right back at that corner, and I said, Brother Dave, I see a stage up there. You see a stage, Brother Dave, you see that stage? Come on, this is vision. If we, oh, glory to God. I said, guess what we're going to do, Brother Dave? He said, what? I said, we're going to build a stage. And I, Brother Dave, I always smile, but I can see her looking at his eye like, I see how this is going to work out, brother. If you believe it, let's go. But guess what? You're walking. That's right. Amen. Glory to God. That sign that's out front that you're talking about, people believe for that sign. I think it was about six or seven, eight years before we got here, they were believing for a digital sign. A digital sign is $30,000, $40,000. That's when I first acquired about it. That was how much it was worth. It will look silly for a group at that time that's small to want something like that or to believe that they can have that. But isn't it amazing how God can take stuff and he can use yeah. other things and he can do what he wants to. The Lord's in the heavens, he does whatever he pleases. He didn't make nobody drink and run down the road, but since you happen to be doing it, God can say, You fish and go off the road, and he can use something with nobody really getting serious and hurt for his glory that somebody who seeded something in faith is manifested. In that same way now, I am I am praying and I'm believing that God's gonna fill this church. Well I Folks, I don't just say stuff. Glory to God. I saw people on this altar from one end to the other. Mm -hmm. Completely. And I've always believed that God is going to do wonders at this church one day. Amen. How did God reward Enoch's faith? Go ahead. Mm. What are you going to do? What are you giving us? We talk about you know, fill our church. Praise God. We can fill our church, but it's going to be us to fill it. Mm -hmm. He won't be passed by himself. He wants us to do our part to bring people in because he has time to come to us. And he can tell us people in here that he's just like you too. Yeah. If you yeah. have faith. If you wait. In the hall, I just told Mark the exact same thing. I said, Mark, the Lord is going to fill this church up. But the thing is, the pastor can't do it if God can't church. Yeah, the yeah. same thing you just came here and said. Did we not just say that same exact thing out in the hall? That's the witness of the Holy Spirit is that God, we see it happening now. You saw there were much more people. Everybody was starting to come back in and things like that. God's getting ready to do something. But we, we a lot of times we wait on God. Amen. He's ready for us to walk in that work like we believe it. When he told Abraham, I'm going to do this, it was already done. But he would have got it if he sat in her. 
Praise God. The, uh, the Lord, uh, the, the Apostle Paul admonished us, says, do not go weary in well-doing. For in due time, we will reap if we faint not. Thank you, Pastor. Glory to God. Hallelujah. out there minister and she does it from a very innocent and shameful and life-filled position and yeah we could benefit from the same thing praise god all right so how uh how did uh, god reward enoch's faith the queen of sheba and solomon when she came to see solomon she says the half has not been told me To us, the Bible says, no eyes have seen nor ears heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Let's compare Enoch. He was taken up. He was translated. Isn't this our hope today? That when the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the trump of God, with the voice of the archangel. I was sharing my vision that God gave me of the rapture with Bella Ernie. I can't call it a dream. It was too vivid. It was in highest definition color that you could imagine when the sky and the lightning, uh, when the lightning hit the sky, the whole sky across, it was a white flash and the sky began to open, and I looked up, and there's a little Jesus way up there in a the cloud, and he started getting closer and closer, and whew, I was airborne. Too bad I was still in bed, but <laughs> but do you see? What, this is what this is where our you know this is our reward. Amen? Amen. Wow. You want to say something, Pastor? I just looked at that. Because of any piety, he didn't see death. The Bible says it's appointed to man once to die and then the judgment. My grandmama used to have a song. They said, I, I didn't die one time. I know it's poor English, but they said, I didn't die one time. I ain't going to die no more. <laughs> and, and what they meant was that when I died to sin, Praise God. Amen. Come on. 
Jesus uh, himself said, and he cannot lie, he's God. He said, there shall be some standing here alive and that shall see me coming in the air. They will be, uh, how else would what Paul preached by the anointing of the Holy Spirit be fulfilled? That the dead in Christ shall lie first and then we which are alive we, uh, we will be caught up with them to meet the Lord in the air. That day is coming. The Holy Spirit did not reveal to me in my vision that I will be in the rapture. There was no such announcement made. And that's why I have never said one word concerning this that I will not see that. God gave me the vision of the rapture and I'm going up in the rapture. Even though it seems that way. But I believe that God would have made it known to me personally in my vision. However, we live in the last days. That day is coming soon. Once again, Brother Ernie, there remains nothing in the scriptures to be fulfilled. The next event you can look for is the gospel bring, being preached to the whole world and Christ appearing in the sky. That's why he said, be ye ready for in such a time you think not the Son of Man cometh. Let us go on to the next question. Glory to God. According to the last half of verse 6, why is it impossible to please God without faith? for in such a time you think not the son of Mecca. The rapture is coming. The next question is, what were the conditions on earth like during the time when Noah lived? I, have, I had a beautiful picture painted before me. I was working at a house and there was a barge and it was moving so slow. It was a huge barge, a, a freight Boat, you know what I'm talking about? And it was moving like, you know, like, like a sloth. And you thought that if you came back, you know, about five hours later, it'd still be there. No, sir. The church of God is on a course to meet the Lord in the air. And just like Noah's Ark, 
120, time, 120 years is a long time. But before you know it, it was over and the door was shut. Do you see what I'm talking about? That we ought to live. As we ought to work as if the Lord is not coming for another hundred years, but we ought to live like he's coming any moment. Work like he's not coming for a hundred years, but live like he may appear, like he said, any time. Yep. And, and he went to show how in the days of Noah, how they were eating and drinking and marrying. He said that's indifferent. They really didn't care. They were just living their life. They didn't care about God. No exactly. And, and, and ignorant because they were ignorant of God. But the thing is that, that you don't see when we first read this thing is what was the earth like during the time of Noah? It was bad enough for God to destroy the whole earth except eight people. That's bad. But guess what? What's worse? Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be now. These are like the days of Noah. And, and, and exactly, I, amen. I mean, he, he also references, Jesus references the days of Sodom. That, and God destroyed Sodom. He destroyed Gomorrah. He destroyed the entire earth. Wow. That, that's an urgent cry for us to, to by faith, spread the gospel. Because people are just going to be going about their day-to-day -day life. That's why I pray every day is use me this day, Lord. Going on to Hebrews, the pressing on in faith. Record phrases in this passage that show that Abraham faced the unknown. Boy, I could, I could I can that. take the next 10 minutes about this, but Go ahead. For my answer, I paraphrase from the Bible, but I wrote, By faith Abraham obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going, like a stranger on foreign land. Mm -hmm. Pastor, I got to share this. When I was in total destitute, depressed to the point where I can't sleep, I can't eat, I can't, I can't function, I can't do anything. Everything that I did, I forced myself. But there came a day when I called on God. And he said, hold on, everything will be fine. I, I fell down on my knees and I said, God, either take me or set me free. That was good enough. The Bible says, whosoever shall call the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yeah. And it wasn't too long that I, I had to walk some more, if you please, 
with that assurance in my head, everything's going to be. That still small voice that the Bible talks about. And I continued walking in that. I'm sure Abraham, when he was called, he walked with that calling in his in his heart and follow and 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 following the leading of God. And so I ended up in uh, God ended up working everything out. And I was uh, he sent Sandy Johnson, who's a member of the Church of God of Prophecy. She got a job at my dad's bakery. And there was something about her. This is something that we all should have in us. Something about us should betray us that we are with Christ as Peter was, you know, obviously couldn't hide it from that woman. Am I right? So I had to ask Sandy, I go, where do you go to church? But you, do you go to church by any chance? She said, yes, I do. And she said, I want you to take me there. That's still a small voice. I'm searching. Abraham ended up exactly where God wanted him to, and so did I. I had God personally take me to the church of God. Yes, it was Sandy, but I see God in that, and I was prayed for in, and delivered immediately. And then I as I've testified before, I went and saw my psychiatrist for the last time on my next appointment, and he was the very first person I witnessed to about Christ. Let us go on. Wow, there's a whole lot of writings in here. 9, 10, 11, 12. With God, all things are possible. Number 11, from Romans 4, chapter 20, I mean, verses 20 through 21 and 21. How did Abraham maintain his faith? This is very crucial for us today. Uh, in the world that, you know, I don't want to be identified as a wishy-washy Christian, and none of us do, I'm, I'm sure. Up one down, go on the next, up and down, up and down, up and down. So, how did Abraham maintain his faith? That's it. Right there. The word waver. He did not waver. That's exactly right. He did not waver. He did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Exactly. Anybody else have to ever do that, God? Something bad happened in your life or something there? And it's tough. 
telling you this, and you know what the word says. He said, the word says this, and uh, and 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 them see it, but the doctor said this. <laughs> and you said, well, the word said this. But I, I went to your bank account when you did. It said the same. I, I, what I saw, they don't say that. Yeah, and, sermon. Yeah. That you did. Who told you that? Yeah. And I saw. Actually, it's funny. It was the same day that you did that sermon. Later that night, mm-hmm. I was so disappointed. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of Christian videos on my church. That's what this. That's what I interacted with. Mm-hmm. So there was a young man on there who said he had the same exact message that you did. Hmm. And he was like, "Who told you that?" And he was listing all sorts of things. Oh, you know, uh, I'm not pretty enough. Yeah. I don't compare to those people. Things like that. He's like, "Who told you that?" He said, "Because God didn't." Nobody is exempt. Thank you. 
Amen. Brother Danny, thank God for Peter. He said, Lord, where can we go? When the trials and tribulations come, where can we go? We can only go in one direction. And remember the, my testimony about the little girl when God spoke to me that fell. It was raining and uh, a light rain, but yet she ran a little bit ahead of her mother and fell. And when she got up, she I was at a stop sign, by the way, and observing all this. I said all this before, but I, I feel like... So the Lord spoke to me and said, Bob, did you see that little girl? She ran straight to her mother. He said, there will be time, hard times. There will, will be times when you fall. He says, run straight to me. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget that as long as I live. What do we learn from Hebrews 12? Chapter 12, 22 to 24, about the city, Abraham, in Revelation chapter 21, about the city Abraham anticipated in faith. I will read it to you. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. It's talking about the church. And an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men, made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood, to the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus, that speaks better things than that of Abel. In Revelation, and I, John says, saw the temple therein. For the Lord Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it, and the city had no need for the sun. Imagine that. No need for the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten, lightened it, lightened it, and, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Isn't that what happened here on earth? Jesus was transfigured. And the Bible says that his countenance shone like the sun in new, in, at, at noon, noontime. Praise God. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day. For there shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations unto it. And there shall be no wise, and it shall in no wise enter into it anything that, it, that defiles, neither whatsoever works abomination or makes a lie. None of these shall enter through the gates of that city, except those whose names had been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Going on to question number 13. When the things you are hoping for by faith seem to be so far off, what encouragement can you take from the, from the lesson today that we are st studying?
wait, God is in the midst of all things working for my good and being faithful to his promises. Amen. Brother Dave? What encouragement can we take from these lessons, including today's lesson in this passage? Exactly. They stayed in the faith, believing that someday that day would see it. Mm-hmm. And we're doing the same thing. We, we read stuff about, you know, like in Revelation, and about that uh, glorious city that will someday be. Amen. You know, uh, the old song says, uh, this heavenly tower is the sun outside. I feel like traveling on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why do we sing those songs? Isn't it because Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, ye may be also. Is that why we sing the songs of Zion? I believe so. This is our hope. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's just how God works. Because as she was doing that, I, 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 like I told you, I've been praying, I've been looking for some things in faith, and the enemy's been fighting some stuff, he's been trying to plant seeds in my mind. As soon as she said that the Lord said, <laughs> and, and it just made me think of something. That's amazing that we can keep fighting, we keep plowing, like, like Hebrews 11 said. Those people died not ever having seen what they believed. What God put on me is not my weight. I'll uh, read what I, uh, we should take encouragement from this, that we are just passing through as the patriarchs of old, like Abraham who was passing through. And we have the promise of eternal life, not in this life, in this life, as Abraham, we are passing through. And we look for that city whose maker and builder is God. So we look for what Jesus promised to us in my father's house on many days. I go to prepare a place for you. He will personally prepare a mansion for you, Brother Ernie, Brother Dave, Sister Elizabeth. Glory to God. 
glory to God. I, you know, this, this, I, I accept this by faith. It's too much for me to dwell on it. So it has to be uh, by faith. We are strangers and pilgrims in this world as well. But in heaven, the Bible tells us that if in this life, no, I meant to say that here on earth, that if in this life we have hope alone, we are all most, people most miserable. This life is short. It's like a vapor, and then you die, and then nothing. No, we have a hope. We have a very, very solid hope in Christ. Question. So, life is short. My prayer has been ever since I became a Christian and before I was in a Christian. I'm only passing through this world once. Let me do good whenever the opportunity comes along. Let me help someone along the way. What attitude about life would change if you were to think of yourself as a stranger in exile on this earth? Sometimes, brother, uh, the passage is described in a real way. Some, sometimes we feel as Christians and having to do war with Satan, we feel like we're in exile. Paul confronted Satan and said, will you not cease to perverse the righteous way of the Lord? No, he won't. He will leave you just like he left Jesus for a season, but he'll come back. And so we, we have an ongoing battle until we are called and uh, receive our reward. I don't think anybody minds. Nobody's putting their coats on. That's a good one. Because when you really think about it, I work in retirement. I work in the Most times, people are trying to save every penny they can. And a lot of people aren't generous. They don't give any charitable organization to their church. Why? Because they're making these preparations to stay here a long time. And you can save up all that money and die on the second day of your retirement. Because you're making plans to stay. But when you make a plan to leave, you do stuff like
Are we done? I got three more questions, but I guess we're done. Pastor, I think uh, somebody needs to preach a message that might be very timely nowadays is that, you know, that of the virgins. The five and, uh, is it five and five or ten and ten? Five and five. Five and five. Those are all supposedly, I mean, that, 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 that refers to Christians who anticipate and live as though the Lord is coming anytime. The other five are portrayed as very, very somebody give me an adjective here. Very, very lukewarm or whatever you want to call it. So they were all virgins, the Bible says. That means it has reference to the church. There's people in the church, not this church. I'm talking the church in general. And there might be some here. God only knows the heart of man. But the Bible tells us that one day when the Lord, we will know The Holy Spirit, the Bible, who do, the Bible says that a voice cried out. There was a loud voice. The bridegroom coming. Well, whose voice do you think that is? That is the voice of the Spirit of God living in us that one day will say to us, uh, we will have this anticipation of Christ coming back anytime. And this is what the pastor was referring to is that unfortunately there's people that are preoccupied with all these other things and they've trimmed their lamp and they went to sleep and when the cry was made, their lamps ran out. Well, you know where I'm going with this. These are all Christians and yet, we have five foolish virgins and five wise. And the cry was made, and they went out to meet him. While the other five were busy trimming their lamps and looking for oil. Like I said, I have three more questions. But uh, I think it's been said enough in here. This uh, faith... We must, we must not waver. We must endure to the end. Those that endure to the end, the Bible says, shall be saved. Yes. Once again, it is my goal. I have no personal agenda when I stand up here. It is my goal to encourage, to strengthen to pass out the bread that God gave me like he gave the disciples to pass to the crowd.
and I hope, my hope is that is when I stand here, I say something because man of God stood behind the pulpit 40 some plus years ago and the words that they spoke because they're still alive speak to me to this day. I still hear Brother Pratt preaching, Sister Laura. I still do, believe it or not. I have no personal agenda. Pastor, please. Y'all give Brother Pratt a hand. physically and numerically. Um, I like us to be praying specifically for some things for God to continue that numerical growth and that spiritual growth and that financial growth, all those things that help us to complete his ministry. If you'll keep that before, uh, and we thank God for his lessons on faith. And I, I looked at those things, and I'm not going to preach it's time to go home, but the potential of faith, the pressing on in faith, and that really touched me is that sometimes you got to press on in faith. You got to do stuff when you don't feel like doing it. Um, you got you got to say, my, I'm hurting, but I'm still getting on. I'm going to get up and come to church or I'm going to do this for God. Why? Because I feel like I, I have a blessing if I just press on. For me, that's the gym a lot of times. I've learned and I said, Lord, is this what people feel like when they get to church? I make every excuse in the world not to go to the gym. I, I get out of bed. I don't feel like it. I don't want to go. I said, but you know what I do when I realize that? I get to the parking lot. I'm sitting in the parking lot of the gym, and I'm praying, and I'm still trying to convince myself, you don't want to get out the car. You don't want to get out the car today. You're tired. You work two jobs. You, you, you're tired. You're worn out. You got everybody's burdens. And I make myself get out the car, and as I get, to, get up to the place, I still, there's still time to turn around. You still got time. You ain't got to do this today. You're tired. Go home. But after I get to going and I get to moving, I realize something. That's just a way to keep me from getting to a blessing and getting better where God wants me. And when I get in there and I get to getting on treadmills and getting the ropes and throwing the ropes up and down and the, doing the ab machines and things like that, I leave feeling much better than I did when I came. That's faith. Faith to know that if I do what's necessary, although I don't feel like it right now, I'm going to get a result that I'm looking for. That's why we press on in Jesus Christ because sometimes you don't feel like praising. Sometimes you don't feel like going on. Sometimes you don't feel like keep going. You feel like giving up. You feel like throwing in the towel. Why? Because you're human. And that's the power of faith that through the power of the Holy Spirit, it causes us to press on. Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind and looking towards those things that are ahead, I press. That he, didn't, he did not say, I casually walk or meander. He said, I press. It's a battle. It's a struggle. I'm pressing on toward the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. So for those of you who are listening online and those of you who are in the room, I want to give you one word today to take from this. Press. You, you may feel like giving up. You may feel like throwing in the towel. You may feel a heavy resistance. I want to encourage your heart that if you're feeling a heavy resistance to where God is trying to get you to, that means that somebody's interested in keeping you from getting there, which means ever more so it's much more important that you get there. 
if the enemy is fighting you, that means if he's sp spending his time sending spiritual forces of darkness to keep you from getting where you need to be, it's someplace that's worth going. So I say to you tonight, whoever is on the sound of my voice, I usually don't do much talking after we've had an excellent class. Thank you, Brother Bob. Brother Bob works very hard. I often tell Brother Bob, Brother Bob, I asked for a, a porch and you build a six-story house. <laughs> but press, press, press. Don't give up. I don't know who needs to hear this, but y'all have blessed my soul tonight because being a pastor, that is a huge weight. Pastors are constantly under under stress, under attack, un un under the enemy attacking their mind and attacking their homes and things like that. And I thank you for your prayers. Those prayers, we pray for one another, and, and it moves us forward. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I feel strongly that maybe it was on me to keep me from being encouraged to encourage somebody else. Press. Don't give up. Don't lose faith. If you're hearing me now, if you're watching online, if you're watching later, yes, I'm, I'm talking to you. The Holy Spirit didn't have you watch this feed or be in this room for nothing. Whatever you feel like giving up on, and you may not have run into it. It may get to you the day after you hear this. But when you run into it, remember what the word of the Lord says. Press. Let's pray and let's go. If you don't know Jesus Christ, we want you to know him. And if you're online, uh, let us know. Let us know where you're from. Drop a line. Let us know where you're from. If you want to be a part of our fellowship, let us know. Send us a message. We'll be glad to connect with you in that way, too. Let us pray. God, I thank you for the words that have been given because your words are spirit and life. And we thank you for those. I ask you to bless the teachers, all of them who have uh, toiled, God, to bring your word. Bless them continually. Bless their homes. Father, bless those who come week after week. Uh, those who come and bring their children. That it bless the downstairs. God, we ask for your spiritual blessing on them and all the workers down there that are doing the things that, that you've called them to do to put a spiritual heritage in our kids. God, as we leave this place, we ask you to cover us with your strength and with your blessing. Uh, God, for everyone who's doing work, who's working cameras, who's working clocks, who's working uh, the, the computers, God, we thank you for all of those things. And I pray that this is a seed that goes out to people and it gives a spiritual blessing to people all over the world. We give you praise and we give you thanks for that. We believe by faith and trust you to do that, God that you have sent increase in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise.